Thank you all so much for being here today. The best of the holiday season, the Christmas season to you all. It is an absolute joy to see your wonderful faces and dear hearts. Welcome to Mystical Musings, December 11th, 2016, here in the Mile High City of Denver in the Walker Fine Art Gallery with Myron McClellan and me, Lawrence Phillips. We are now here today completing our 13th year. We're here near the Civic Center heart of the city in one of the oldest Denver neighborhoods, the Golden Triangle, known for its numerous art galleries, restaurants, and neoclassical architecture. Those of us who identify as spiritual but not religious, who are non-sectarian, non-denominational, non-doctrinaire, are the fastest growing demographic of the sacred communities in America. Thank you for joining us today, creating our community of mystics, people finding unity with God, the breath of life, the gentle whisper, the great spirit. As a community of mystics who know beyond the intellect, spiritual apprehension of truths, I am because we are. I am because we are one, celebrating body and spirit. When the bell rings, use it as an opportunity to come back home to your body, to your breath at least, maybe to lengthen in your spine a little bit, getting a little easier in your posture. Today's mystic portal is ringing out the light from St. Francis of Assisi. Such love does the sky now pour that whenever I stand in a field, when I get home, I have to ring out the light. What a wonderful quote. The experience of nature, no matter the time of the year, offers opportunities for letting go, for deeper presence, absorption, sometimes even rapture and ecstasy. And so we ring out the light with the utter delight of deeply knowing that God is love. Love is, and I am love. Ringing out the light, we go deeper. We open more fully than ever to the light and to the dark, the great yin-yang of the felt universe. We ring out the light when we are consciously living on our growing edge and working with whatever arises emotionally, spiritually, energetically. Today in this Christmas season, as we approach the completion of the year, let's ring out the light together. Ecstatic with the downpouring of love of the Creator, St. Francis, standing in a spiritual field of energy, profoundly here and now, while simultaneously spanning centuries, most probably millennia. Francis rings out his clothes, his ego, his mask, his persona, his separateness. Francis, and by mystic cosmosis, this group is getting so sophisticated, you know what I mean. <laughs> I'm impressed. Wow. By mystic cosmosis, that part of us that is Francis, here and now, is drenched in love and wisdom made visible. So utterly simple and humorous in a single image. Francis within and Francis without one who spends as much time in the natural world as in church. St. Francis makes us think of our current Pope Francis, who rings out the light by embodying compassion for the poor, as well as his deep love for the natural world, all while transforming Catholic attitudes worldwide. Ringing out the light. Ringing, not just shaking. Ringing, not just 
billowing or basking, not just folding, but ringing as if, if we don't ring it, it may not come out. So some right effort, not just acceptance and allowing, but effort is required and necessary. The opposite of ringing out the light is being robotic, caught up in the past or the future, not being present, being ignorant, being lazy, wallowing. The opposite of ringing out the light is wallowing, being the victim. If we're not ringing out the light, not being at our growing edge, we can be on automatic without consciously being present, just existing often without purpose. We can be slacking in a sort of habituated fear, cowering in the darkness, willfully being ignorant. How we know the light, how we know the light is the same way we know ourselves, through the windows of possible human perceptions. And they include embodied sensing, emotional heart feeling, thinking mind, embodied moving, and spiriting. That is to say, our relationship with God, whatever that is for you. Sensing, feeling, thinking, moving, spiriting are primary windows for self-knowledge and the knowledge of the world. Through each of these windows of embodied human existence, we can have an experience of ringing out the light. In the window of sensei perceptions lives the lushness of the light upon the earth in so many places, especially here in Colorado. The lightness of touch, a light fragrance, a light sound, embodied lightness. That's the sensate window. The window of emotional feeling reveals being lighthearted, knowing not necessarily all the time, but often deeply as mystics, unconditional joy. Thinking mind at its best gives us the sublime gift of poetry and the great literature and science. Perceiving through the window of movement, we humans apprentice early to ring out the light with movement as it is encoded in our DNA, our developmental sequencing of action patterns, reaching, rolling, sitting, walking. We ring out the light with movement that gives us our fundamental ability to go out into the world to take care of ourselves and others, to heal ourselves. Feldenkrais work, physical therapy, rolfing, massage, chiropractic, all movement disciplines predicated on movement as a fundamental healing, lightness-filled therapeutic. And the last, or one could say the first window through which we know ourselves and thus ring out the light is spiriting, our window into the experience of God, whatever that is for you, the sacred, the numinous, for some, a realm of felt magic, the Tao, the avatar, nature, the mystic realms, in this season in particular, the baby Jesus. We ring out the light by consciously inviting a sense of the Christ spirit, of Buddha nature, the middle way, by inviting ourselves to be at a growing edge of embodying spirit, some form of practicing some form of intentional learning for expanding and deepening. We ring out the light when we stay on our growing edge with any given challenge. And the growing edge is metaphorical and literal, as it is the thin formative layer between bark and wood from which the tree, we, grow inwardly and outwardly. We ring out the light when we consciously lean into our challenge, when we apply a little more effort in the Goldilocks zone, not too much, not too little. We ring out the light when we commit to anything or anyone. As commitment, 
unlike anything else, can truly put us through the ringer through which light is wrought. We ring out the light when we are creative. We ring out the light when we face our fears. We ring out the light when we stay present to our grief rather than getting heady about regret. We ring out the light when we stay attentive to the felt perception of our anger without succumbing to blame. We ring out the light when we let go of our negative emotions once they have been felt through for a while and move consciously toward love, peace, and joy, evoked so poignantly by the Christ child. We ring out the light by reveling in our ecstatic Francis's deeply felt love. We ring out the light when at Christmas time we open to the neediest in this darkest time of the year, when in the silence of nature we look into the deepest part of our soul and proclaim our hosannas, reflected so beautifully by our recently departed and very missed beloved friend Barbara Sternberg in her poem, Joy is always flaming at my core. I cannot damp it down. It burns through all my defenses, flooding my being with groundless, childish, and absurd hosannas. We ring out the light by consciously, intentionally following our exhale, following our exhale a bit more than our automatic breathing would have us do. So if you're crossing your legs right now, if you would uncross, open to open position, let your arms not be crossed, and just push out the breath. Extend the breath and wait for your body to want to breathe in. Just <sighs> a few times. Breathing intentionally is a multi-millennia mystic portal. This is but one technique, deepening the exhale from your lower abdominals, going a bit farther at your own pace and with a degree of right effort, no straining, no struggling. Just a gentle deepening, allowing of the exhale and then waiting a little bit until the inhale beckons. While keeping your observer keenly functioning, noticing whatever arises, as we intentionally go down the rabbit hole together, sensing breath from your from your center, your hara, just a couple inches below the navel. Breathing a bit more fully on the exhale, especially waiting for the inhale to beckon. And thus we use the breath to help us with so many opportunities to ring out the light. Namaste. We're so happy to be celebrating Christmas with you. We don't do it from a sectarian point of view. We do it from a mystical point of view. So. The birth of Christ for us is the birth of Christ in us. And the other thing that I love about Christmas and its message is that it is the ultimate overcoming of isolation and difference and separation. Because in Jesus is represented the union of the divine and the human. 
theologians of the time, after Jesus a few hundred years, tried to decide who he was. And some people thought he was just an awakened human being, and other people thought he was God. And they came to the conclusion that he was fully human and fully divine. And that's what we celebrate today, what he teaches us, because we are fully divine and fully human. And as we live in those parts of us, then we are overcoming all the separation that is apparent in our world. This time, the chaos is about separation. Uh, I don't think I need to go into it, but you know, uh, the separation that's going on between male and female, between races, uh, between nations, all over the world, people are going into a place of isolation, not cooperation, which will all ultimately lead to conflict. However, the Jesus story tells us something very profound, which is that it all turns out beautifully. No matter what we're going through, the good news is that it's going to turn out. It's what we need right now. And there is no fighting the expansion of consciousness. Nothing can stop it. And it's on a roll, as we've noticed now in the last few years. It's on a roll. So, yes, we will be up and down, and we will be having faith and not having faith, and we'll be happy and we'll be unhappy. That's okay, because underneath that, is the knowledge of our union with God and with one another, with nature, with other nations, our union with all that is. And that's what we celebrate. So to celebrate that Christmas then, we're going to um, have you sing a couple of Christmas songs. Um, the first one is In the Bleak Midwinter, and it was bleak when we started out today. <laughs> but we have snow. So um, the words of this hymn are by Christina Rossetti, and the music is uh, uh, by Gustav Holtz, an, an arrangement of an ancient hymn tune. So we'll have you sing along with us.
most of you know that uh, I am the pessimistic in the family, uh, Myron being the optimistic in the family. And so as part of my spiritual discipline, I look for the positive because my tendency is the opposite. And I look not just for the positive, but for positive that has the potential for mass transformation. And sometimes that just comes fast and furious, and sometimes it's elusive. This time it came in a somewhat unexpected place. When the mass shooting occurred at the Pulse, a gay nightclub in Orlando, Florida, people instinctively went to Facebook, now one of our most significant digital commons, to find out whether family and friends were safe. People in the area and not responded to inquiries from friends as to whether they were okay. Such messages led people to a page with two buttons, I'm safe and I'm not in the area. Upon choosing one, another message came up, suggesting that they reach out to other people while listing all their Facebook connections in the affected area. This then led to another page headlined, the shooting in Orlando, Florida, below which was titled, Facebook Safety Check. For Pulse regulars, Safety Check instantly became a portal for their desperately finding out about their friends' well-being. This was the first time in America that Facebook had deployed Safety Check. Safety Check's debut was in Nepal after the devastating earthquake of 2015. Since then, Safety Check has appeared in the personal news feeds of more than a billion people worldwide, or 14% of humanity. Safety Check has come to serve a fundamental need in disaster zones at a scale and speed never before possible. And this is just the beginning of Facebook's generation of what is currently called Crisis Hub. As a live, centralized bank for information and media about any disaster, where people can check on the well-being of loved ones, but also of coordinating ways of responding on the ground, following news and chatter, and monitoring the video coming in from the epicenter. All this occurs when Facebook's algorithms get alerted to people talking about a crisis. But what if the internet goes down, as it did for Hurricane Sandy? Facebook's on it, as they've been working on a program to deliver internet via drone to parts of the world where no internet exists. Facebook is fast becoming one of the world's most important emergency response institutions, an unexpected and unintended consequences, consequence of social networking. Safety check has been utilized in natural disasters in Afghanistan, Chile, Nepal, for earthquakes in the South Pacific, for tropical cyclones, and for the typhoon recently in the Philippines. In November 2015, the attacks in Paris precipitated the use of safety check for the first time in a context other than a natural disaster. In Orlando, safety check was turned on by Facebook algorithms 11 minutes before police officially announced the shootings. Aid agencies and people in crisis are already using Facebook. The Red Cross already coordinates disaster relief and donations on Facebook. And Facebook Live has already commanded our attention, originally for celebrities to send video to their fans, but when the service was expanded to everyone, a most unintended, unexpected, profoundly pivotal consequence involved a woman named Diamond Reynolds live feeding on Facebook to the world moments after her boyfriend, Philando Castile, was shot and killed by police. Raw feeds from unfolding events are now the way forward for Facebook as Crisis Hub is assembled. 
Disaster professionals are already using Facebook Live to get eyes on the ground. News organizations are beginning to use Facebook Live feed as an important, if not essential, source. And so, in a world that feels urgently in need of affirming metamorphosis, Facebook's safety check and soon-to-be crisis hub are this month's evidence for mass positive transformation. at the very least to just press out the exhale a little more. And if anybody's getting chilly, feel free to turn up the space heaters. There's one here, there's one there, one in the back. Exhaling, exhaling. Namaste, shalom, Christ be with you. Assalamu alaikum, adu, adios, aloha, Namaste. We honor the place in you wherein the entire universe dwells. We honor the place in you which is of love, of truth, of light and dark, and of peace. As you are in that place in you and we are in that place in us, bringing out the light, we are one in the light. Namaste. It's so good to be with you this morning because this is a time when we want to huddle. We want to be with people who know that whatever is happening, no matter how chaotic, it only serves one purpose, which is to move us forward in our evolution. We've been talking about this for years, particularly since 2012. But we've been talking about how there is in our heart a longing for union. Union with ourselves, union with the divine presence, union with one another, union with nature and all the kingdoms. Our hearts want that oneness. And we are willing to go through what it takes in order to receive that. So on the personal level, we'll go through fear, anger, and grief. We'll feel them through to the end. And after that, we will come to a sense of peace. Because bottom line for the mystic, peace of mind is a true gift. In some cases, we go so deeply into darkness that we have to surrender and be in that. Now, usually, I don't have this idea of going into darkness so I can go into light. <laughs> So it isn't my choosing, but it seems to be chosen for me because uh, I've had some really dark times this month. Part of the training that Lawrence and I go through is to experience everything we're going to talk about. But I want to give you a couple of examples about how the chaos and how the darkness and how the pain can lead into and open up to ecstasy, joy. Not just peacefulness, but real joy that's at our heart. So I had a medical event that caused so much pain that despite taking hands full of pain drugs, I could not really handle it. So I thought the only thing I could do 
is lie down and go into the pain and put my love on the pain. And as I did that, I went into a heretofore unknown mystical space. And I realized that I was being introduced to the new energy that we were welcoming, the new consciousness. And it was an extraordinary experience. And so I did this like four hours and then lunch and then about four or five hours flat on my back. And that altered state was a state of bliss and ecstasy and total reassurance. Now, it took that for me to escape all my defenses of the light. I have defenses against the light. They're in my ego. And one of the big things that is a defense for me has been in my life over and over again, hanging on to what I believe. Hanging on to what I have believed yesterday. So sometimes we're forced to let go. And then I noticed that there was an instruction that came in that event, which was to do a lot more silent meditation so we can receive the new state. Silent meditation, even though the world looks like it's going to hell, we can have that silence and peace in ourselves. And when we have that silence and peace in ourselves, we have freedom. Freedom. And I look at so many leaders on the world stage right now who have no freedom. No freedom. Because they're either being captured by narcissism, compulsive lying, egotism, greed, power hunger, and it defines who they are. There's no freedom in that when we're run by those things. The freedom comes when we can experience whatever's going on and know it's not us. I can have fear, I can have anger, I can have grief, I can have shame. Any of those dark emotions I can have, but they can't have me. Why? Because there is that Christ light inside us. There is that joy that has to flame up. There is that reassurance and that peace that you can't get any other way except by grace. It doesn't come with e- from effort. It doesn't come from psychoanalysis. It only comes from the beloved, from the source. And so when we go through things like this, we realize in this time of chaos, and in, I don't have to tell you that this is a time of chaos, I'm sure, But during this time of chaos, it will lead to greater wisdom, greater compassion, greater groundedness, greater strength, and an expanded consciousness that we can live in that is a consciousness of union, of unity. These days, often we go into that sense of union and oneness, and it is such an ecstatic place to be. But usually, that fades, and we go back to feeling peace and joy. We do. But the consciousness we are longing for, unknown to us now, unexperienced to us except in these moments, That consciousness we're longing for is a consistent, all the time, awareness in our heads, 
our hearts and our hara of our oneness with all that is. Our oneness gives us profound joy and strength. So two of the things I've been doing recently to remind myself of that, one is going into our magnificent garden and just calling on all the kingdoms, all the devas, all the angels, all the ants, all the uh, minerals, the plants, the animals, all of that, and feel my oneness with them. It's a wonderful practice. So even in this weather, we've been able to get out sometime and really feel that oneness. When I've done that, and then I go off to do a chore, I feel oneness with the pharmacist. I feel that oneness. So that's a, a practice that is really moving me toward, I feel, that new consciousness we long for. The other thing that I have done as a practice is to see everyone, everyone as the Christ. Because that's the truth. I mean, the fun is that we're all different. That, this, that's the fun part of the game because we're all manifestations of the same energy. But thank God we have Peg and we have Yetta and we have Mary. We have all these beautiful personalities to love and connect with and they are not strangers and happy because they're the Christ, the Christ-like. So there are many everyday examples of how chaos comes into order miraculously. The physical pain I was in was huge, but lots of everyday things. So, so just to give you one simple example, um, our friend Oliver, Sven's brother, was coming to our house to do some work. And Oliver is one of these omnicompetent people. So uh, I always think he can do anything. So, um, we were getting ready to, to we, we knew we needed a new battery in the car. And Oliver, of course, handled that. He had the jumper cables. He got that done. And he drove it to the parts store and got a new battery. And then he couldn't get in the front door of the driver's side. Being lithe as he is, he was able to squiggle his way into that. That could have happened when I was driving. And I get very uptight <laughs> about that kind of thing. But what happened was then the car went in and it was that door was broken and it was fixed. So we went from chaos to order, uh, even on daily matters. So in this time, we will be up and down because sometimes we'll be aware of the chaos and we'll mourn it. We'll mourn this whole movement towards separation. We'll mourn this whole ego event we're going through out there where ego reigns. We'll mourn that. But then we will come back to our center into our Christ self and there will be for me at least ecstasy, bliss. And I'll say, well, this is the final word. This is the final word. All that's going on is there to serve us, to allow us to come into oneness with ourselves and oneness with all that is. Again, it's a wonderful time of year to think about that because of the oneness 
of man and God witnessed in Christ, in the birth of Christ and in his life. So Christmas is not going to be sad. Christmas is going to be a celebration. So, Merry Christmas.
do you, no, that's her. <laughs> Sorry, couldn't resist, Just far too much fun. Almost any action or gesture can be sanctified when you're coming from the mystic perspective. And so in the beginning of our session today, we had this little gesture where you're just allowing the hands to be as if they were wringing out the light. And so prayer can be embodied. It doesn't necessarily only need to be this. It can be really anything that you, as a mystic, want to sanctify. And so you can actually do this pattern, or any, or you can think the pattern, because you're firing the neurons and the muscle fibers connected with the action pattern as you embody your prayer. And we bring out the light each time we fervently pray. There are those prayers that are just you know, sort of every day, and then there are those prayers when something's really going on, and we are fervently praying. Bringing out the light when life goes wrong, goes unexpected, and not necessarily in a good way, when things mess up, you know, when things go wrong. This is when we get stuck in our acting out, and we do our best just to remain present. We then hone on our spiritual grindstone, learning to wring out the light from the darkness of incomplete childhood wounds, habits, fears. We wring out the light by facing those fears, letting go of habit, and being willing to die spiritually to let go into the great link. We wring out the light when we visit an ailing friend, when we help another in need, when we perform a random act of kindness but especially when we do these things when in a challenging situation, maybe when we're tired or ourselves hurting, when we have a judgment about someone or something and yet dig deep and help out, share, give from ourselves, we're then wringing out the light, but especially when we forgive. The attributions that I'm about to share and have shared during the music are available on the table behind us here. But these come from the late, great Maya Angelou. My mission in life is not merely to survive, but to thrive. And to do so with some passion, some compassion, some humor, and some style. I've learned that people will forget what you said. People for, will forget what you did. But people will never forget how you made them feel. If you don't like something, change it. If you can't change it, change your attitude. It's one of the greatest gifts you can give yourself to forgive, forgive everybody. We may encounter many defeats, but we must not be defeated. I'm convinced of this. Good done anywhere is good done everywhere. For a change, Start by speaking to people rather than walking by them as if they're stones and that they don't matter. As long as you're breathing, it's never too late to do some good. Love recognizes no barriers. It jumps hurdles, leaps fences, penetrates walls to arrive at its destination full of hope. Merry Christmas and Namaste.